This is Unfilter, episode 101 for June 11th, 2014. We begin with that breaking news. Two police officers shot in a Las Vegas restaurant. Authorities say it's believed they were targeted by two shooters, a man and a woman. That restaurant was in a crowded Walmart shopping plaza. Authorities putting up the police tape late today after those gunmen then entered the Walmart itself, reportedly killing someone in the store. During it all, witnesses say they were shouting, this is a revolution. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 101 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. Hey, buddy. Thanks for coming back to episode 101. 101, uh, man. Yeah. You feeling good? You know, I like 101, as I was saying to everybody, that 101, or, you know, you go to college, you know, economics 101. Yeah, man. You got sports 101. Right on, man. And now you got unfilter 101. Boom. Which is the ongoing, on-air Crash course for our world. That's right. It's like, it really is. And this week, uh, we're going to have some stories from the U.S. We're going to have some stories from all around the world. In fact, we're going to start from around the world. We actually start from our neighbors to our north. Yep. And then we will whittle our way down uh, back to the U.S. as we go through some of uh, the revelations and things that have changed. Here we are one year later after the Snowden revelations. And guess what? Uh, some actual changes are happening, and it's not just here in the U.S. It's all around the world. We'll talk right. about that. The gun debate is back, and it's back big. There's been some pretty big uh, high-profile shootings that have one, happened. One, on ha- one actually happened in our backyard. Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And yep. uh, we got a couple of other things like a drone update and yep. some other goodies yeah. thrown in there of the edible variety, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chase, where do you want to start? You want to start with our uh, sp- our, our Snowden-inspired changes? Yeah. Let's, what's happening in that department? Did you hear about Vodafone, my friend? Vodafone is a Canadian carrier of cellular Well, they're service. not just Canadian. Well, actually. yeah, but th- th- this story comes out of Canada, though, they right? Do. Vodafone. The company has just revealed the existence of secret wires that allow government agencies around the world to listen to all conversations on its networks. Vodafone doesn't operate within the U.S., but with just about 420 million subscribers in 29 different countries, it's the world's second largest mobile company. So how does this work? Well, the company says wires are connected directly between its network and the host government, allowing the government's spy agency to easily listen to live conversations and even keep tabs on the location of customers. No. Now, most of the 29 countries that Vodafone operates in need a warrant to intercept communications, at which point they can access those wires on a case-by-case basis. However, the company has revealed that in about six unidentified countries, authorities Authorities have a direct, permanent link to user communications without the need of a warrant whatsoever. Oh. Vodafone can't name those six governments because the countries have laws prohibiting disclosure what? of surveillance <laughs> methods. <laughs> Today, the like corporation that? published its oh, first God. ever transparency report where it wrote, our customers have a right to privacy, which is enshrined <laughs> in international human rights law and standards. Respecting that right is one of our biggest priorities. However, in every country which we operate, we have to abide by the the laws of those countries which require us to disclose information about our customers to law enforcement agencies or other government authorities. Whoa, the company wait a says minute. balancing the two has been quite a dilemma. Is this new to you? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, all right, I, no, it's not new to me. But the part that's interesting is you got Vodafone saying, oh, uh, we have to respect the laws of the countries that we operate in. Fine. I get that. But the law doesn't dictate that you have to provide them with a direct pipe and feed. Well, it does in some countries. Really? Yes. Like so, I thought they have to provide them like a, with a portal. Or well, a, you it, know, it, I a, think it, I think part of it comes down to what the requirements are for the area, but also like at a certain scale, it just becomes cost prohibitive for Vodafone to do it any other way. So right? they just said, here, here, take the. If fiber. you want every call, if you want everything, like they, they would, it would be too costly for them to manage that for you. Yeah, right. That's true. And that's why it's finally decided to break its silence with this report, which is the most extensive and comprehensive survey on how governments monitor the conversations of their citizens. Now, here's what I think is interesting about this is they why did they do this? Why did they come out and release this report themselves? Why did they essentially blow their own whistle? Because they're tired of doing it. 
Do you think because they're doing it for free, and maybe the the governments are not char- giving them the money f- to provide that extra link? Puts of pressure on them. On hmm. I always thinking maybe it's like to to get ahead of internal whistleblowers that might feel like, well, boy, look at all the attention the Snowden revelations are getting, and so maybe they're worried that they were going to get, you know, they're one of the telcos that somebody would leak something. And yeah, so, but the other problem is why would you want to potentially leak something like this and subject yourself to a potential lawsuit? I mean, you would think the company would then be like be very afraid of a customer group saying, "Hey, you're giving my information right. away without my permission." It seems like if you're going to do a release like this, you have to go through it and say, "Okay, now we can legally defend ourselves as being able. We have now done everything we are legally allowed to inform the customer." Yeah, it's almost like because they've come out and done as much as they legally can, they will almost be protected from that kind right. of thing. Whereas yeah. if it had been leaked and discovered, they wouldn't be necessarily. Right. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting this week uh, from sort of a change in tone from the Snowden revelation is Germany's spy agency has sort of just come out and said, yeah, you know those areas that all these conspiracy theorists thought were uh, secret monitoring stations for us to eavesdrop on you guys? Um, Yeah, it turns out they were not only right, but we're going to go ahead and put a plaque on the building. (laughs) While Vodafone has exposed foreign government sneaky surveillance, Germany has blown its own cover on its spying stations. That's right. In an attempt to create a more transparent spy program, today it acknowledged that six facilities around the country are, in fact, spy stations. But amateur sleuths long suspected the true identity of the sites that the Federal Intelligence Service, or BND, denied it. The agency officially attached its logo to one site's entrances at a ceremony Friday with the BND chief even posing Aww, with photographers. Oh, that's nice. The agency has sought a bit of rebranding following Edward Snowden's revelations about the NSA, insisting it follows the law and doesn't conduct unwarranted mass surveillance. So this is their new take. We're going to go out there. We're going to we're going to show the public that we're a part of their government and we're protecting them. So not only did they change in tone from denying these buildings exist, they actually sent their chief out there to pose with the plaque as they installed it on the building. Oh, geez. That's a pretty big change in tone, and I think it's to try to gain back a little public no, trust. No, no, it's a distraction from the real spy <laughs> stations that oh, all over the country. You mean the ones that are up in space? Yeah. Space. Speaking of up in the sky. We have a couple of drone updates, Chase. Drone updates! And uh, the first one's one that's been sort of brewing for a couple of weeks. There's this memo uh, in in May. The Obama administration came out and said, yeah, we're going to totally show that to you guys. Um, Yeah, we'll get that right over to you. Uh, Just uh, come back soon, and uh, we'll have that for you. And then they've just sort of delayed and delayed and delayed, and it hasn't shipped. Well, it turns out that's because they just kind of have a few ideas of things they want to tweak before they let it out to the public. The Justice Department, Department of Defense, and Central Intelligence Agencies are putting a little extra work into preventing the public from seeing the document outlining its legal justification for using drones to kill Americans suspected of terrorism overseas. Lawyers for the government told a federal appeals court in Manhattan that it seeks additional redactions in the memo to protect national security, to prevent damage to the government's ability to engage in confidential deliberations, and to seek confidential legal advice. In April, a three-judge panel of the court ordered the memo released due to a Freedom of Information request by the New York Times and the American Civil Liberties Union. Lawyers for the Times and the ACLU said Friday that the government's continued delays regarding the document are cheating the public of a fully informed and fair debate over the highly classified targeted killing program. The FOIA request was made after two drone strikes killed three U.S. citizens. One in September 2011 in Yemen killed Anwar al-Awlaki, an al-Qaeda leader born in the United States, and Samir Khan. The other one, uh, just a month later, killed al-Awlaki's teenage son, Abdul Raham, Rahman al-Awlaki. Legal scholars and human rights activists have complained that it was illegal for the U.S. to kill American citizens away from the battlefield without a trial. So this memo is supposed to give the justification for droning those three Americans. And the primary defense the Obama administration is using is if we don't redact all this stuff, it will put a chilling effect on our frank discussions. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, we got to be, you know, we got to make make keep America safe, Chris. Uh, I, I I guess it's one of these things where it was too much to expect that we'd actually get the full legal. I, it seems like if you are going to if you are going to authorize yourself to kill Americans without due process, the least you could do is release the legal justification for it. It seems like it seems like the fact that that can be a secret itself is is uh, unbelievable. It's un-American. It's unbelievable. It's just to me, it, it's dumbfounding. Well, what's more frustrating about it is America seems to be okay with it. I mean, you don't. Yeah, we just seem to be cool with the whole drone thing, don't we? I mean, really? 
Yeah. And I think it, it's partly because of the mainstream media where they don't cover a lot of these situations or they don't really cover them in much detail like we do. And then most people, they just they get their news from the 11 o'clock news and they go, oh, well, and it, they just gloss over it. No big deal. Yeah. And then, and then no one cares. You think? You think? I think that has a lot to do with it. Well, as uh, the, uh, you know, the thing is, is there is now a drone industry for the military industrial complex. And as that, uh, like some of our confrontations in Afghanistan spin down, those guys need to sell their drones somewhere. So and guess where they're selling them to? Alaska. That's right. The unmanned aerial vehicle was created by a California company called Aerovironment. The company says it was awarded a five-year contract with BP. Now, the drone is called the Puma AE. It has a nine-foot wingspan and can fly for three and a half hours at a time at 200 to 400 feet above the ground. Aerovironment recently released a press statement also to RT, saying in part, thanks to the FAA's rigorous safety-focused certification process, for unmanned aerial systems, BP and Aerovironment have launched a safer, better, more cost-effective solution for managing critical infrastructure and resources. The Puma AE is already being used by the military. This company is the Pentagon's top supplier of small drones. However, with the war in Afghanistan coming to a close, the company has seen a major decline in sales. So now it is pivoting its focus to the commercial world. Also new this month, the FAA has established a third testing site for the use of commercial drones in American airspace. This one is located in Nevada. Test flights are expected to begin later this summer at a privately owned airfield just north of Las Vegas. This is just the latest step in the FAA's plan to address the issue of unmanned vehicles taking to American skies. Congress has set a deadline for the FAA to develop regulations for commercial drone use by 2015. So far, the agency has written two unsuccessful drafts and is in the process of writing a third for the Department of Transportation and the White House to finally approve of. Reporting in Washington, Megan Lopez, RT. Thanks, Megan. But you know the problem with this, Chris? Hmm. This is going to take away jobs. <laughs> You're right. Well, so will automated cars. So will robotics on the uh, manufacturing line. No, I mean, line. you think about it. Right now, there are probably two or three guys that drive up and down the big BP right. Alaska pipeline. At least, dude. At least. Yeah. And how, how are the drones, by the way, supposed to check underneath? The pipes, like, how do they? Yeah, I, I could you just could you, you? I guess you couldn't fully replace on the ground. You'd have you to. Can't. I guess it would just be. Well, I'm these sure are if, visual over the air. Yeah, and I'm sure in Alaska there's some very challenging places to get. Sure, there. of so course. I, I, you know, the thing about drones is it's kind of like a lot of other technology. There's a shit ton of bad uses and there's a shit ton of good uses. Right. Like for example, we've talked about this at nauseum. We would love, uh, you know, pizza delivery by drone. Thai food town. drone. Yeah, Thai food drone. Condom drone. Gonna get. <laughs> Seriously, you're yeah. going to have a good time with your lady or somebody else, and you decide, you know what, I better get some condoms. I mean, you've probably already heard about this. I, I don't have a link uh, quite handy, but Hollywood has already put in for an exemption before yes. these for these laws to come into play so they can do shooting. You know, in all honesty, there's quadcopters out right now that, that are, do an incredible job. And I wouldn't mind having one for Jupiter Broadcasting for doing, uh, when we Shoots. go on location, yeah. it'd be so awesome to just send this thing up and get some aerial shots. And it looks like a freaking crane. I mean, here's the thing. We've also heard about drones with exemptions to uh, handle disaster areas where they can right. get over an area in a quick amount of yeah. time. Yeah. There are some great uses for them. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every time we do these drone updates, I have a feeling that some people may feel that we're anti-drone. Or UAV, as they say. Or UAV. You know, I have a friend of mine who flies, you know, uh, choppers and quadcopters, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I know somebody who flies flight simulators. Oh, I know. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. But, 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 but the thing is, uh, there's appropriate uses, but we still need to protect users and privacy, and especially when you have, you know, governments and organizations who want to use them for crowd control, right. or crime. You know what I wonder, like too, that. is like if you've got these commercial companies that will be flying drones over, they'll be up high enough that they're going to get pictures of stuff that aren't related to the company's property, right? They'll right. get pe pictures of people yeah, driving. Get, well, it happens right now. Like, say, if right. a news chopper's above an yeah. accident. So uh, I wonder if we'll see down the road, like, you know, uh, law enforcement subpoenaing those images from private companies to get that. To Do you get think that, that happens already now? With, Maybe. Yeah. With, like, with, like, news reporters news and stuff? News reporters Probably, and stuff. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and satellite imagery, I'm sure, even in like Google Maps stuff. I'm sure oh, all sure. of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chase, before we get into some of the uh, heavier topics this week, I want to thank our unfiltered patrons. That's how we're oh! funding this year's show. Bum, 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 how we, bum, how we bum, doing bum, over bum, there, buddy? Bum. Well, I need to pull that up, but I know that we had, last time I checked, 269 yep. awesome patrons. Bum, 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 bum. 25, 98, 34. We hit our big goal last week of yep. 2,500, which was yep. phenomenal. We were able to... Leak out what our future plans and, of the show might look I, you like. Know what, I, I'll give a little update on that. So Ooh, this, this week, the clips that we have from this show, 90% of them were used, were, were captured and cut using my new mobile-powered setup, all Ooh. done on Linux on a single laptop. And, and was it faster or easier for you, or um, how was it? I would say it was actually no more faster or slower because I've kind of been setting it up over the... So I, one of the things we want to do on the Unfilter show is eventually hit the road and kind of give you guys a perspective of some of these stories from different locations outside the studio. Now, and then eventually, maybe one one day down the road, actually head over across the pond and get an out-of-the-country uh, episode under our belt. Now, guys, take a look at this. You know, If you head over to our, our page, patreon.com slash unfilter, on the left-hand side there, we have goals. And we've reached almost all of them, thanks to you. And the last remaining goal a big one. is a huge one. And the reason why that one's high is because that is lit. That, I mean, that would be so much work. And honestly, we would have to be able to make that work uh, financially feasibly for us yeah. just in terms of our time commitment to that. Right. But we do. Our next milestone is unfiltered twice a week. This show was born when it was conceived. When Chase and I were making show babies one night, we originally envisioned <laughs> this being a two to twice a week show from day one. It's just yeah. it, it, it is so much work to make one episode that the idea of making two episodes I mean, that's a big milestone for us. Yeah. But you can help us reach there by going over to patreon.com slash unfilter. That's how you support the show. This is an ad-free show. It's funded by our audience. Now, Chris, here's the deal. When someone decides to become an unfiltered supporter through Patreon, if they put in at least $5 or more per month, Boom. first they get access to the awesome, ultimate, unfiltered supporter show. That's the I ultimate mean, experience It's like a show right for the show. We, it is, we, yeah. we have so many great sec- clips. That is a second show in a way. It, it is a second show. That is honestly where some of that second show idea went. And the thing that's great about it is we, in the supporter show, we track stories like we did a Ukraine update. We haven't talked about Ukraine in the main show for a couple of weeks, but we're still following that thread in the supporter show. We talk about a lot of things that come and go out of the main show. We keep them going there. Also, you be, as an unfiltered supporter, you also get access to all of our clips, all of our notes, the source files that make our show possible. And people have been finding that very valuable. You also get a BitTorrent sync of just our most recent supporter shows if you want just that. And the supporters get a special video version that includes videos of our clips in the supporter show. And the neat thing about that sync is you have a complete archive to go back and say, you know what? Weren't they talking about that back on episode 90? And you can go back and you can see that entire catalog. We've been doing this since the NSA big leaks back in, what, 56? 54 we started the sync up, and it's all in there. It's all there, you guys. Now, one other thing we need to mention. Yeah, it's limited time, too. We have a week left, and we really want to make sure we hit the goal because all you guys who want these, we want to make sure that they are printed. It's an episode 100 limited Boom. edition hoodie or T-shirt. Boom. We got long sleeve, short sleeve. I like the I like the colors on the long sleeve. Check that. Yeah. Check out these different grays you know, and blacks. You know, you know nice. what I got? I got the charcoal long sleeve. Yeah. I think that's the hottest kind one. Kind of digging the red tea, though. Oh, isn't that hot, too? Yeah. So go over to teespring.com slash unfilter100. Six days, six hours left. 96 towards our goal of 133. We need to get to 133 to unlock that. Yeah, we got to get that done in less than a week. And then all you guys. Now, by the way, if you are a patron swag supporter, mm-hmm. uh, you should you, already buy If you haven't gotten a receipt for your shirt, you should have it already. You need to let Angela at jupiterbroadcasting.com know because we've yeah. already hooked our unfiltered swag. Uh, anybody who's become a, a patron unfiltered swag club member has already got their swag order. Already it's in. already and, locked in for them. And just to let you guys know, we're still working out the kinks, but once we know the system's solid and works out well, we might open up a few Eventually. more Eventually. It's going to yeah. take time. we got to yeah. balance that. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll see. But uh, you can grab yourself. Whoa, hi there. Ow, you all right? Teespring.com slash unfiltered Hundy. And uh, we'll have that up for six more days. And then after that, it's gone. It's and gone. Patreon.com slash unfilter is how you keep this show on the air and help That's us right. get to our next milestone. Yeah. And wouldn't don't it, forget to check cool? out the exclusive content over wouldn't there. Wouldn't it be cool to do this twice a week? Yeah. Wouldn't that be? I mean, there's definitely think, enough show. And let me let me just say one last thing about that. Yeah, man. Is all right. So remember, was it episode 99? We had Snowden in the interview with Brian Williams of NBC News. I think so. Okay. And he was just 
going on the air with the with yeah. the thing while we were doing our thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So imagine for a minute, you guys, we did the show say on Mondays and Thursdays, or Mondays and Fridays, or whatever, or Tuesdays and Fridays, whatever whatever days work out best. We could have done an immediate follow up, immediate within a day. Mm-hmm. But instead, we had to wait the entire week. And I know there's news always, always stuff like that. Changes. Always stuff news like that. is always fluid. So thank you for supporting us, you guys. Really do appreciate that. So let's talk about these. Uh, the, the probably the most ho- high profile shooting that happened recently. This the uh, the husband and wife couple in Las Vegas wow. who shot the police officers as they were eating lunch. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe it was Amanda and Jared Miller are their names. And uh, it's kind of a kind of a horrible story. It's sort of the worst case in all in all aspects in the way it's being played up by the media and also just the brutality in the way it happened. So I'll recap the story for those of you who maybe are not familiar with all of the details. New details about the radical young married couple who walked into a pizza parlor this weekend, ambushing and killing two police officers at point blank range. We're now learning more about who they were and the possible warning signs that this was no ordinary husband and wife. Here's ABC's Ryan Owens on their mission to start a revolution and the message they left behind. Those two police officers never saw it coming. How could they? A Sunday ambush by a young Las Vegas couple, heavily armed and hell-bent on murdering police. Tonight, those faces of hate. Cop killers Jared and Amanda Miller. He was 31 she just 22. Their spree would leave three innocent people dead, a community stunned, and that question, why? We believe that they equate government and law enforcement, uh, fascism, and those who support it with Nazis. At 11.22 Sunday morning, the Millers ambushed those two police officers at this pizza restaurant as they ate lunch. They executed both men, then draping their bodies with a don't tread on me flag, penning a swastika on them and a note that read, the revolution has begun. I saw their gun in their hand and uh, he just told me to tell the, the cops that it was a revolution. The couple didn't stop there. They took the officer's guns and ran to this Walmart. A whole bunch of people start running towards the back, like the, the main exit or the emergency exit. Five minutes later at 1127, they shot and killed an armed civilian who confronted them. Then, as police moved in, the couple carried out a suicide pact. And actually, just as kind of an example of how these stories are very fluid while they're developing, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the man was actually killed by the police, not by... Uh, right, the, yeah. They, they thought for a moment, but yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually, we even have it in the show notes, they released the, the footage of it, which was very odd. They don't normally do that. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you caught it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things being dropped in there. Uh, Revolutionary was dropped a couple times. We got the Nazi thing in there. Uh, th- when they went to the Walmart, they c- they were confronted by an armed citizen. Now, whenever we have these gun debates, one of the things that's always brought up is, well, if there was somebody armed there, they could have stopped them. We need more guns. Well, now they have. Now they can say, well, yeah, well, there was somebody armed at the Walmart. They didn't stop him. I just thought that was kind of interesting uh... that was working there. Um, and there was obviously warnings, uh, warning signs. Uh, the Millers were posting all kinds of crap publicly, like on their Facebook page. The couple's postings on social media are filled with Second Amendment patriot rants against what they call a fascist government. This is obviously uh, being set up as they have a very strong political union, and it does indeed sound like they were. Uh, there was also rants on YouTube. That is the courthouse. Jared had a lengthy criminal record and ranted on YouTube about his house arrest, calling the county courthouse a monument of tyranny. I don't know. Sounds a little like Nazi Germany to me. He was paranoid about government wiretapping and drones. They're already wiretapping your phones, uh, you know, watching your Facebook and everything. And uh, they also say that he was a listener of your buddy... uh... The uh, one, the only, oh, Mr. Alex Jones. You know, those cops had mustaches. He's taking a beating over all of this, actually. What's driving me crazy? <sighs> What's driving me crazy is that photo right there. Zoom in on that. It's one of those cops in a black uniform with a mustache. And you just look like an absolute clown freak that works for murdering terrorists that jack our food and water. I think you're a big joke. <sighs> oh, you got a mustache. I'll just worship you. Oh, you got a mustache. It's okay. Nothing against mustaches. mustaches. <laughs> 
So uh, uh, MSNBC has been beating on that guy. We'll get to it here in a by second. The way, we're laughing at him, not the tragedy that occurred. Oh, I, I want I'm that. just trying to break. No, I know, but yeah. you know, you know, we get that that hate mail. Like, yeah. I can't believe you're taking light no, of the situation. We're just trying to keep it. We're trying not to make it too heavy here. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, the Millers were. Do you remember the? We didn't talk a lot about it on the main show, but the Bundy Ranch standoff. The Millers were involved at that yeah. as well. In April, the Millers joined other anti-government protesters at Clive and Bundy's cattle ranch a few hours away. Here's Jared talking to Reno affiliate KRNV about the standoff against federal agents over grazing fees. I feel sorry for any federal agents that want to come in here and try to push us around. This is but Jared. If they're going to come bring violence to us, well, if that's the language they want to speak, we'll learn it. Isn't that an interesting way to phrase that? Wow. If violence is the language they want to speak, we'll learn it. And that's him on a TV interview. Uh, and I I mean, that's that show that I think that betrays an interesting line of thinking. Uh, and, of course, the town folks say that after that whole Bundy Ranch standoff, uh, he just kind of doubled down on his anti-government rhetoric. Oh, boy. After a while, after the Bundy thing going on over there, they went over there for a couple of days and then they come back. And I guess after that. Jared became anti-government, anti-police. He, he, I mean, he was talking about killing cops. Uh, he didn't want nothing to do with the government. He had his wife quit her job that she's had for a while. And, hell, he wouldn't even let her collect unemployment or food stamps or anything. Anti-government. Anti-government. I mean, you got yourself a, a, 22-year-old, a 22-year-old girl and uh, a 31-year-old man. Um, I mean, maybe he was influencing her in some way. Uh, his dad, which, which is possible. I mean, do we know when they actually when they started getting together? I don't know. I mean, no. Man, I mean, she's no. just probably out of high school, perhaps getting influenced by this guy. Who knows? So, I mean, to me, uh, to me, it seems clear that these in, these two individuals had serious psychological problems. Yeah. Um, and that you know the fact that they had these views, they took them to an extreme. Because of these psychological problems. However, MSNBC would have us believe that it's not that they had individual psychological problems. It's any time we speak ill about the government. It's if you are on the right, you are responsible for this. If you criticize drone strikes, you are responsible for this. He's not loony. This is a culture that reproduces a pathology. Anti-statist rhetoric leads to these vicious consequences. Yes, I said it. There's a correlation between the two. Anti-statist rhetoric leads to these kind of consequences. Now, this is a guy on the Ed Schultz show on MSNBC saying that when you speak out, anti-statist rhetoric is what's causing this. Yes, I said it. There's a correlation between the two. And until we take that seriously, all of this vicious rhetoric that we hear out here, all of this assault upon the president and the state and the legitimacy and authority of it. So when I say Barry, I'm encouraging this, right, because I'm assaulting the president. It has to be taken into consideration here before we engage in such actions that will then really contradict the very country we claim to love. Another neighbor said that Jared Miller spoke of overthrowing the government often. Jared was a very controlling man. Always wanted to talk about overthrowing the government, uh, how Obama is, uh, he's disgusting. I would not necessarily disagree with that myself. I would (laughs) See what I mean? You ain't got to be a genius to figure out the correlation between the two. Of course. At this point, the motive of the shooting is not entirely clear to law enforcement. No. Officials did say they believe the swastika was a symbol equating law enforcement to fascism. We don't necessarily believe that they are white supremacists or associated with the Nazi movement. We believe that they equate government and law enforcement, uh, fascism, and those who support it with Nazis. That constant drumbeat from our neighbors to the right who consider government the problem and not the solution, who are constantly delegitimating and vilifying elected officials, who are constantly holding those that they disagree with in in the kind of most ridiculous and disrespectful light. This is the consequence of your behavior and your belief. Reports show this shooting may have been a show of violence against the government. I think it's fair to call this event an act of domestic terrorism. 
And uh, this is the part that the uh, liberal media, let's call them that, is really pushing for. In fact, they even asked John Boehner, John Boehner, do you believe this was an act of domestic terrorism? And when Boehner wouldn't say yes, then they slammed him on air for saying, look, he won't say it. He won't admit it because he knows they're affiliated with the right wing and he won't say it. It's awful. Talk about politicizing a tragedy. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. We should be talking about the officers who lost their lives. We should be talking about the victims. We shouldn't be politicizing this and at all. An- Chase, your anti-state rhetoric right now is, is, is encouraging more people to go out on shootings. You just did it right now, according to that guy. Wow. And, you know, Obama, he's, he's not happy about all any of this. Obama, he's disappointed oh, in you, us. Oh, and you know what he does? He also politicizes it by mm-hmm. dragging Congress through right. and blaming them for not standing up and for gun laws he or takes whatever. This, he's, this is at a Tumblr Q&A, and he takes this yeah. dad tone where he, he, he uses the tone that a father uses when he's disappointed with the behavior you know of his children. what he is? He's, he's thinking about his two daughters. That's what he, yeah. 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 Late today, President Obama was asked about the shooting. The country has to do some soul searching about this. You guys, this, yeah, this is becoming the norm. What the hell? Whoa! No, and it's we not. Take it for granted. No, it's not. In, in ways that, uh, as a parent, are terrifying to me. Uh, What's the matter with you? And and I, I am prepared to work with anybody. It's not my fault. Uh, responsible uh, sportsmen and, and, and gun Look, owners. I'm being uh, reasonable craft here. Craft some some solutions, but right now, it's not my fault. Uh, it's, it's not even possible to get uh, even the mildest yeah. Yeah. Uh, restrictions through Congress. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, we should be ashamed of that. You should be ashamed of that. All right. Uh, where, where is uh, Obama from? Isn't he from Chicago? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, can you show them my screen for sure, a moment here? Sure, there you go. Uh, let me take a look at the crime rate here. This is the crime rate for Chicago. Oh, funny. Funny. I have a clip that matches just that. In terms of mass shootings, <laughs> incidents in which four or more people are killed, criminologists say in actuality, since the 70s, the number's been fairly constant. There's been no large uptick, no matter what it seems. It seems these high-profile cases get all of the attention, but in fact, Scott, street gun crimes kill many more people. So you, following 1992, uh, this is from the, the Book of Knowledge, as they say, Wikipedia. Following 92, the murder count slowly decreased to 641 in 99. In 2002, Chicago had fewer number of murders but significantly higher murder rate than New York or Los Angeles. You don't see Obama from his home city of Chicago. Well, actually, I know his his home area of Chicago. You know, he represented in from Hawaii, really. Yeah, I know. But but the murder rate in Chicago is high. It's pretty high. Yeah. But, but it's, it's handgun violence. Right. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, he's he's going off saying, you know, this is becoming a trend. Yeah, this that's is... just black people dying, Chase. Apparently. And oh, apparently that doesn't geez. matter. It only matters when we go and shoot up white people, I guess. Oh, man. That seems to be the only time it goes on the news. I can't I can't figure out what it is. In every city, major, major city in America, there is a crime rate. There is murders that happen. There's a murder that happens. Let me guess, Chris, every day in America. <laughs> you think maybe one or two? <laughs> maybe. Okay. But you don't see the president coming out against murder, but these kind of high-profile cases when they can, when the president, and it doesn't matter who the president is, any president, right. they do, you never waste a disaster. You never waste right. a moment yeah. to push their agenda. And, you know. Left or right, it doesn't is, matter. This is also a distraction a bit from some of the other things that yeah, are going on. But some real things. It is, it's also very sad that it keeps happening. And it, we are not addressing the fundamental cultural issues that do encourage this kind of thing for happening. And I, also, I do begin to suspect part of it is these guys no longer just get local coverage or even national coverage. They get worldwide coverage. I had clips from the BBC about these shootings. I mean, it's all CBC. It's all over the world. Right. These guys become world freaking famous. There are a few things besides leaking a sex tape that get you this much attention in the whole world stage. Chris, you know what we really need to be talking about? We need to be talking about our awesome veterans who went overseas, who who basically gave up their lives to fight for our country and fight for freedoms and then come back home. Fight for freedom, Jay. They come back home, you know, they've they've done their time and now they need medical attention and then they they say, "All right, I need to set my appointment." And then they wait 3 effing months before oh, they least. get any or, or longer depending on the area of the uh, of the US to get any kind of their first appointment. Like over 50,000 veterans didn't have their first appointment for over three months. But instead of the, the, the president coming out and being very stern about that, he takes, yes, I know, a tragedy that occurs in Nevada and blows it up. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'd agree. It's being. I don't know if he's blowing it up. No, but I mean, he he's he's, he's definitely a, taking advantage. He's, of yeah, it. he's at a Tumblr talk, mm-hmm. and instead of taking the question, you know, obviously the was a question planted. I doubt it. You know, probably someone just popped it out there. I guess, but I mean, those are the. Uh, the big push it's now just, is really uh, about the ammo. They really want to yeah. start to reduce the ammo. Uh, and I just, I, I don't, I mean, there, the, the other thing is, you know what else we have a lot of, but we don't get a lot of coverage of is stabbings. I mean, there's a lot of stabbings that happen, too. I, it's, it, there's, there's, I don't know. It, you can't stop people from killing each other. It no. Unfortunately, it seems to be. And there are going to be some people that are just a little whacked, or they're going to be, you know, very passionate. I mean, they're passionate yeah. to a point where they're willing to kill for it. Right. I mean, we, we saw what happened here. In our backyard, you know, at Seattle Pacific University, we saw mm-hmm. what the, what happened there, mm-hmm. where a, a guy that was just—I mean, he wrote a, a, a detailed journal about what he wanted to do, and you know, just because he had access to a gun or had a gun doesn't doesn't make it anything. Yeah, and I, I I guess you know, at the end of the day, we here we are, and is anything going to change? I don't know. I what I feel like it is is I feel like it's particularly nastier because it's the 2016 election cycle. It's it's. Politics are involved now. There's also an interesting sexism angle that was really starting to build until this couple came along. Right before this latest shooting, it was these mass murderers are an act of misogyny. And that was starting to gain traction. These are an act of misogyny. But now you had a couple shooting. And so now it's not so much an act of misogyny that sort of changed. Now it's an anti-government attack. It's, it's people who are against the state are doing these kinds of things. It's the far right, and, and people like Alex Jones are encouraging them to take shots. And maybe guys like Alex Jones do encourage crazy people. I don't know. But I think when we start talking about restricting speech and restricting what people are allowed to think about, it starts to talk, sound a lot like McCarthyism. It starts to sound a lot like the Red Scare. And what was the worst about the Red Scare is happening all over again for things that really, you just heard the clip, haven't really changed since the 1970s. Yeah. Unfortunately, as, as disgusting as that is. Should we end on a high note, Chase? We always do, Chris. We always do. You heard, you know, I called it. I mean, I called this one. I said when, when weed starts to go legal, what you're going to have issues with isn't the smoking, isn't the bongs, it isn't the joints, it's going to be the edibles. And of course, see, we thankfully, we have been so fortunate that for all these years, children have never gotten their hands on pills or cigarettes or booze. But now that weed is in food, the only way to keep kids away is to scare them. So this dad decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a video proving how scary it is for children. So he takes candy and says, you see these candy kids? This might be pot. Hershey's is suing a Colorado pot company for selling weed-laced candy that looks like their candy bars. Hershey's says these are knockoffs of their popular treats. They fear that marijuana edibles could get into the hands of kids. We talked to one dad who decided to see if his kids' kids could tell the difference. Like, his kids can get mixed up with NMNs and that's it. That- so the dad takes M&Ms and he mixes them up. He says, can you tell which ones, kid, which ones are weed and which one are M&Ms? As if it's the kid's responsibility to keep the weed M&Ms separated from it's the regular. It's the parent's responsibility. Right, yeah, kids, are you able to make this determination? Uh, you, know what, you know what I think it is? He's trying to set up, like, what if a stranger came up to you yeah. and wanted to give you candy? Hey, kids, you want some cannabis candy? You want, you want, is it a, does it come in a white van that says <laughs> candy on the with side? With music playing <laughs> with, a, with a green leaf on top? Oh, That's geez. it. That's the problem. You get confused. You might grab something that's wrapped like that that is actually an edible, and you could consume it and be sick. Lesson learned there. According to Children's Hospital in Denver, eight kids went to the ER last year for eating marijuana edibles. This year, they've already seen ten. Oh, my goodness. Wow, wait. Eight (laughs) last year. Now we're up two more. And how are are those kids? Oh, they're absolutely fine? Hey, hey, by the way, way, Chris, how many kids probably drink bleach every year in Colorado? Yeah. Boy, I didn't even think of that. Like poison control. Or I was just thinking getting their hands on brandy or eating a pack of cigarettes. No, but let's focus on the eight or ten. Okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't either. Uh, all right. Now, this one you caught, and yep. it's got us fired up. If you want to be a gun owner, if you want to own a gun, you better not light up. I'm su- um, by the way, I'm surprised, by the way, that this didn't occur. This hasn't come up in uh, Colorado. I haven't heard any kind of this story popping up in Colorado. We did hear this come up uh, early here in the state, but now it's actually taken into effect. Yeah. With legal recreational marijuana sales expected to begin next month, gun owners who use pot are facing a dilemma. If they admit to using pot, they'll face trouble with the law. And as oh. Cold Force Matt Markovich reports, the dilemma has law-abiding citizens and the police caught in the middle. I like this lady, by the way. In She's Washington really cool. State, adults can have pot and gun. a gun, but with putting them together... 
brings trouble. What? Bobby Joe Floyd knows that Bobby all too Joe. well. <laughs> In Richland, Washington, a city of 51,000, people know Bobby Joe. I have probably married... 2,000 people in what? this town. Oh. I'm an officiant. She's also a known medical marijuana you user. You use the pot. Mixing her medicine into shakes rather than oh, smoking it. I'm smoke. a Republican, and I believe in my guns. She went to the Richland Police Station <laughs> to apply so for cool. a concealed pistol license and came face-to-face with question number five on the application. Are you an unlawful user of... Or addicted to marijuana. Now that's a hell of a question. Are you an unlawful? They uh, have. Now, you... by the way, that that question is on the official uh, right. state of Washington Department of right. Licensing application. That sounds like have you stopped beating your wife? Kind of a question. Well, and she asked. Here, I'm going to listen to it again. I'm going to play it again. Have you stopped? Have you stopped beating your wife? Typically, please don't ask for that. But with nothing to hide, Bobby Joe complied. Okay. A few weeks later, she got her application back. We denied her CPL. It was denied That's by Richland. So, so she answered, "Yes, I am addicted." Then? No, no, she answered, "No, no, we you, you we missed it." Oh, we should I talking. play back? Do you want me? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so basically, what happened was uh, during the the course of the application, the clerk at the police department recognized her. Oh, and she said, said, "You're a pot smoker." Yeah, can, I need a copy of your certification for having marijuana. Yeah, and she said, "Well, I have nothing to hide." Here, Here it go. is. And, and then the chief gotcha. got the application, and then, gotcha. that's, then he's gotcha. Okay, okay. With nothing to hide, Bobby Joe complied. A few yeah. weeks later, she got her application back. We denied her CPL. It was uh, denied yeah, by Richland Police Chief that. Chris Skinner because he knows Bobby Joe uses pot. And here's where it gets interesting. Would she have been given a CPL had you not known that she was a medical nurse? Absolutely. And I was incredibly angry. Angry because she would have gotten a CPL if she kept her marijuana use a secret. Washington has legalized marijuana, but the other Washington in D.C. has not. As a law enforcement organization, you are, you are bound by both state and federal law. Since 1970, marijuana has been a Schedule One controlled substance, the worst of the worst, which means people with pot can't have guns, even in states where pot is legal. That really put us in kind of a bind for the first time, um, trying to make a determination as to whether or not we in good conscience could issue a CPL to somebody, (laughs) knowing that potentially it was going to be in violation of federal law. I sympathize with the police chief because he's really between the legal rock and the legal hard place here. Dave Workman is an outspoken supporter of the Second Amendment, which gives all Americans the right to keep and bear arms. He doesn't know who's right. In my mind, some people didn't think this through. Oh, I think they did. Even the usually vocal National Rifle Association has not weighed in on the issue of legal pot and guns. Clearly, it's there. there's a conflict there, and it's been very, very difficult to identify uh, which way to go. But the chief may need to look at Cynthia Willis, an Oregon medical marijuana user and owner of a concealed weapons license. Oh. Issued at the direction of the Court of Appeals. Not too many people have that. No, I'm very proud of that, as a matter of fact. Just like Bobby Joe, her local sheriff denied her a CWL. She fought it in the courts all the way to the Court of Appeals and won every decision. I was not a criminal, that I met all of the conditions uh, to have a concealed weapons license. But despite her victories, she's still afraid to answer another simple question. Do you own a gun? Is that a hard question to answer? Uh, yes, it is. And, uh, Are you afraid to answer? Frankly, yes. Even though she won the right to have a concealed weapons license, she fears the police and the feds can come after her if she admits to owning a gun. That's the threat that every medical marijuana patient who owns a gun is facing, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. What advice do you have for a recreational user who owns a gun? What should they admit to? Nothing. Keep it to yourself. It's a question every marijuana-using, gun-owning adult in Washington must answer. Pot's legal. Guns are legal. But it may take a court to decide if you can have one with the other. In Richland, Matt Markovich, Como 4 News. Yeah, in our state... There is a movement to... Thanks, Matt. Yeah, in our state, basically the way it works is you apply for your concealed weapons permit, and then that application goes usually to the local municipality's police department. So for her, it went to that police chief. It doesn't go to the state. Basically, it goes to the chief. They they do a background check, and then they approve. Um, and so that's what happened. Uh, hmm. I don't. Uh, I know some people, it's one of those things where she was being honest on her application. I don't fault her for that at all. I mean, the only reason why, by the way, she got caught 
is because someone recognized her in the police department. Otherwise, it would never have came up. Ain't that that bitch that gets stoned all the time? <laughs> and that's how it happened. Oh, actually, well, everybody knew her because she married a lot of people in town. She's like, hey, y'all, thanks for coming here and getting married. Here's the complimentary pot brownies. But, I mean, the federal government, this is where I get confused, Chris. I mean, first off, the federal government said, all right, fine, we're not going to come after you guys in Colorado or Washington State. Mm-hmm. You guys are free to do it. Go for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But then this gun issue pops up where it's illegal under federal law to have it because it's a schedule. I think I think it's, I think you know the the law enforcement side of our government inherently uh, is trying to push back in every way they can against this because this is going to cut into their budgets in a major way. And if they can do anything to make the, the gun owners out there or the marijuana smokers out there lives a little more difficult, that's really what's the incentive not to. Right. Can you name one incentive not to? Because no. I can't. No, I can't either. There's, there's, all the incentives are stacked to go- cause those people heartburn. And, and to be fair, I think the the chief didn't want to deny it either. I, I, from from his explanation, he was saying, well, under federal law right now, it is illegal. I cannot approve this because I knew that she has mer- medical marijuana. So, are our law our state law enforcement's state agents or are they agents of the federal government? Are they FBI agents or are they state police well, enforcement see, the agents? The thing is I don't know how the legality of concealed weapons permits are are handled. Is that a federal thing? Or is that a state thing? I, that I don't know. I, I just I'm not educated in that. See arena. to me, yeah, it seems like it would be a state thing. Right. That's what I would figure too. Yeah. Um you know, one good i I'll talk to my one of my one of my friends about that because I know for example Depending, you have to, like, if you're a concealed weapons permit person mm-hmm. and you're visiting, say, Idaho mm-hmm. or Nevada mm-hmm. or Utah or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to comply with their right. permit process. It's, per, it's by state. Right. Yeah. Now, most states, depending on the state, will honor the permit that you have. Yeah. Depending, but not all do. No. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. It is very odd. And uh, I, I, it's. It's one of these things, too, where if you go back through history, one of the most interesting dynamics that's played out in the U.S. history is the state versus federal and how key in some in some pivotal instances of history that 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 um, decentralization of power has been. And I think it continues now in our in our modern era. It's playing out with this particular issue in a big way. Well, I mean, and now that it's legal in Washington state, this decision, I I really hope she she appeals this. I really hope she appeals it like the other lady. And we actually get a federal decision on this. Well, what do you always say, though, Chase? Because you know what's going to drive this. <laughs> Show me Show the money. And I think that's what will decide this finally. And, of course, we've talked about it. But here it is. CBS covers it. Colorado is booming. Colorado has a new cash crop. Uh, new figures uh, show that the state has been raking in profits since January when it became the first in the nation to legalize the sale of marijuana for recreational use. Barry Peterson is there. This green gave the state of Colorado a lot of that other green, tax dollars. April set a record with $3.5 million in taxes for recreational use. Add in sales taxes from lower-taxed medical marijuana, and so far this year, the state has banked nearly $18 million. The light's on 24 hours a day here. We met Sally Vanderveer at the Medicine Man Pot Shop, where customers spend $16 for a recreational joint. Holy As shit. the stigma of marijuana use goes away, we're going to continue to see more and more customers. You know, I don't know about this. $16 for a joint is ridiculous. I mean, uh, 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 I mean that if you, if you price it that, that's almost locking in a black market. That seems really high. Come in. More money for the state. More money for the state. One big sales boost, the marijuana celebration on April 20th. That drew an estimated 80,000 people to downtown Denver. I got this farmer's kush. Along with the big bucks have come some big problems, like 10 toddlers so far this year overdosing on edible marijuana products. And from January through May, the Colorado State Patrol handed out 289 tickets to people driving under the influence of marijuana. Cha-ching. I mean, I like how they talk about that like it's a bad thing, but I get you bet your ass that's because they've doubled down on patrols and because they're making more money that way. Yep. And they talk about it like it's a bad thing, but they're loving it. Huh. That's over 12% of all traffic citations involving drugs and alcohol. Part of Colorado's sales tax boost comes from marijuana tourism that may be as much as a third of sales. Colorado has always been a fantastic place to come visit. We have so much to offer, and now marijuana is just one more reason to come to Colorado. 
The tax money is supposed to be spent on schools, but some of it may be earmarked to hire more people to regulate this booming business and, Scott, more cops to arrest those driving under the influence. Just one more reason, Barry. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. I one should more head reason. over to Colorado. Could you grab me a brownie while you're that there? That would be nice. I'm Scott Pelly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, come on, Scott. Come on, buddy. I don't know, Chase. I, I guess I'm a bit of a skeptical guy these days. I just hear this kind of stuff, and I think, okay, so the cops are making more money. Yeah. They're going to hire more bureaucrats with yeah. this money, yeah. uh, the regulation. Yeah. The cops are doing more citations. Yeah, but Although, they've also said the crime rate's gone down too, right? Right. And did you notice, It's they said- you got to really be careful the way you really got to watch the way CBS words their evening reports because what they said was 12% of the alcohol and drug related stops are marijuana related. Not 12% of all stops, but all stops that involve alcohol or drugs, 12% of those were pot related. So let's, if you think about it, that's not very much. No, so flip it around. That's 80. My math's not good. What was it 14? 12? 12%. So Chase. 88% are alcohol related or something or something Probably else. alcohol, yes. Yeah. 88%. But, yeah, so it's like, yeah. Let's twist the number. Right? But if you flip it around, well, 12% of the uh, traffic oh, yeah. stops are related to drug and alcohol. Small. We're cannabis related. That is actually amazingly low. If you think about the fact this is a booming industry making lots of money with tourism coming from all over the country driving around on their streets. But we've seen it here in Washington State where the media is so quick to jump on the fact that when there's any kind of marijuana-related accident mm. or explosion or anything where it, right now it's so in the minority of numbers, but they want to ma- you know magnify it so much because of the of this hidden agenda, agenda or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, It feels like there's one. I mean, it's hard yeah. to nail down exactly, but yep. there you go. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will wrap it up here. There's lots more in the supporters' sync. We have an overtime folder with additional clips that go in even more depth and all kinds of stuff from the supporters' show. Please, please go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. Become an unfilter patron of $5 or more, and you get access to all of that stuff. More show, supporters' show, source files, yep, all of it. All of it, yeah. Now, another way that you can contribute into the show is our unfiltered subreddit right there, unfiltered.reddit.com. Now, Chris, unfortunately... Uh-oh, what is it, Chase? Well, you know, we have a red book prediction, and I, I, I might just stop doing it because I don't think we hit the goal. Are you, or maybe we've tapped out the potential Reddit audience. I think so, because I think my prediction, my prediction was 1333. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we are too short. Really? So, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, actually, I'm sorry. It was 1313. Are you sure? Oh, no, that was, no, that was 99. You're right. You're right. I was yeah. I was one page back in the red book. So I'm going to cease the prediction. Go, really? Yeah, I'm going to end it. Break new at 101. Break a new, Chase. That's what I say. Yeah, break so a new. So if people wanted to help, though, they could go to unfiltered.reddit.com. You can help shape the content we fit in this show. Gives us an idea of what you guys like to hear, and you can also chime in on what you think the real deal is with stories over there. That's right. Now, Chris, during the course of a week, uh, you tweet out a lot of great things that are happening. Hey-o. For example, you retweeted that Batmobile is best friend in Batman, Arkham Knight. Yeah. I've been, I've been watching all the E3 coverage on Twitter. I know. Isn't that great? It is pretty cool. We're, yeah, Twitter.com yeah. slash Chris L-A-S, Mr. Nice. Nunes. What about you? Are you, are you on Twitter, Chase? I'm on Twitter, yeah, uh, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And by nice. the way, did you notice I changed the description there? I put a little mention of with you there. Look at that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, That's just for nice. you, just That's for nice. you, buddy. I host shows with Chris L-A-S, too. Now, do you uh, happen to do anything like related to Minecraft or other types of geek and gaming-related things? Boom, Bob's your uncle. Nice, GeekGamer.tv. That's right. And by the way, look at this. Chase is switching to Linux? What? It's, it's, it's at the bottom of the page. Hold on. I don't think anybody go, can see it. Hold on. Go me, watch that. Go watch How to Linux. Just a little bit. You could go see it yourself. You'll, you'll see Linux. it on the screen. How to Linux. How to Linux. Just say it a couple times. That's right. We do the show Wednesday evenings. We that's start true. We start around what? 6.30-ish? Yeah, 6, today, 6? today, to be honest with you, we started like around 5.30. Yeah. So make sure you're here on Jupiter Broadcasting, jblive.tv, every Wednesday starting about 5.30. You get to hang out in our chat room, help us name the show. And not only that, you get to interact with us in real time as we do the show and give oh, us feedback. I love that. I love that at all. And we love you guys, too, all you patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I think that's it, Chris. I think we're all done, Chase. We'll get out of here. We'd love to see you guys live. And always send us your feedback, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. And until next time, we'll see you right back here next, next week. week.